0: <laughs> All right, let's get it pumped up a little bit. Y'all ready? <laughs> ah. Welcome to today's episode of the Y'all Show podcast with your host and your guest and your everything, David Y'all
1: Ellis.
0: Come on. Ow. Listen here, if you ride down the road right now and you think you got some problems, man, let me inside your head. And I'm going to relieve you of those issues until you get to your final destination for today. It's livin' it up. And if you're at home in bed right now with your ear pods in, you better get up because your wife or your girlfriend might think you're getting a little too wild. <laughs> Let's roll. Welcome. How y'all doing? This is David Yacht Yacht Ellis, and I appreciate you tuning in to the Yacht Yacht Show podcast. Come on. Woo! Boy, I'm livin' up straight out of the trailer hood. I live in a two-bedroom trailer over here in Matheson, Mississippi. A little small town. Got one little stop sign intersection over here. But we do have a little blinking light above it. So I guess you would say, ah, we ain't that small of a town, eh? <laughs> hey, I appreciate y'all tuning in. And for the people that come over from my Y'all Y'all Facebook page and my Y'all Y'all YouTube or Instagram or what else I got out there? A tick TikTok, talk, talk or something. I don't know what all I got out there, but... Hey, y'all know who I am, what I'm about, and what I try to do. I'm faith-based, but I'm a head knocker. Just an old turkey goblin, pig trapper. For everybody that just kind of probably got sent a link to this or told somebody, somebody said need to listen to this or whatnot, well, they call me Yelp Yelp. That name come from my turkey hunting days when I first started all this social media mess. And, well, a Yelp Yelp's just a hen yep with a southern drawl. That's all it is. Oh, slow-talking hen. We don't yep at them birds. We get them with that Ow, ow. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you turkey hunt, if you don't, it's all right. But you know, just like us fast talking men, we like old slow talking woman make us think we' getting over on them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we never are. We never are. <laughs> but anyway, I'm faith based, and that means I believe in Jesus Christ. And if that if that offends you right off the bat, then I'm sorry. My beliefs don't change because of your feelings. Just want to be understood. I'm a turkey goblin pig trapper, and we'll get into all that, but I want you to know where I stand, and I won't back down from it. Your feelings don't bother me. I believe in Jesus. I've kept the faith. I've been thankful. And we're going to talk about it through this series of podcast episodes in life. I'm going to show you where I've been, where I come from, where I'm going, and we're going to have a good time doing it. But we're going to start by Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Come on. Have you ever had to keep the faith? I'm gonna tell you, I've had to have a lot of faith. See, a lot of people see me as the smile. If you watch my social media or my YouTube, you see me as a smile. But I'm gonna tell you, brother, there was a time that the biggest smile was hiding the most pain, come on. Shoot, there's a lot of people that fake it in the world. You hear me? Huh. There's a lot of people that made a living by faking it till you make it, and then they make it and they still faking it. Ain't got a truth in their bone. Ain't got nothing you can believe. But I'm gonna tell you, I've been lucky. I made a living doing what I'm doing based on my ugly looks and my terrible-looking body <laughs> and my goober silliness of a mindset, you know? I don't feel guilty about anything I've done on the sense of making it. I don't have to use my body. I don't, I don't go out there and make fans-only pages and stuff like that. I don't have to sell a, uh, anything using my body. I get to be who I am in real life. And have a good time with it. I can be up. I can be as high as you want me to be. I can be as low as you want me to be. I can be down here, man. I ain't got to say nothing to you. Jesus says, I got to love you. Shoot. He ain't said I got to associate with you, though. You know what I'm saying? I learned that over time. So anyway, brother, I just want you to know, if you're following this show, if you don't believe it, if you don't believe in Jesus, it's okay. But don't hate on me for doing it. Come on. So any which way, I just want to get that out of the way so we'll all know what's going on and how we feel about things in the world. I live in a two-bedroom trailer with Matheson, Mississippi. I'm no better, I'm no greater, but I'm no less than anybody listening to this episode. And I hope I can bring some joy and laughter and and through all our conversations of turkey hunting and pig trapping and all that, and that, man, we can just be like we're friends, dude. We're just a trailer hood brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but any which way, babe, I'm going to tell you something. Everybody always asks me, like, what you... uh. How you get your start? Like, where you get your name from? How did all this start for you? I'm going to tell you how it started. See, I used to be a turkey hunter, which I still am a turkey hunter. I used to be a lot better at it. When I say better, I mean I, could, I had a lot more energy. I could go at it. You know, when you're in your 20s, man, man, you could jump hurdles and fences and everything else. And now, man, it's all you can do to step out of a pickup truck without twisting your ankle or hurting your gut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I used to turkey hunt, man, it used to be like all crawl and no call. But now, man, I, my belly done grown and rub my belly button raw. I ain't crawling on nothing. <laughs> if that turkey don't come to me when I call him, man, he just lives, uh, breathe another day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but any which way, yeah. My brother called me one time. He was. This is how it all kind of really started. My brother called me one day. He said, "Hey, David. He said the word on the street for turkey season is they coming after you this year." And I was like, "Really? What are they coming after me for?" He said, "Well, they say that uh, they heard you kill a lot of turkeys." You be killing them over the line. You be you be doing whatever you need to do to kill a turkey. I was like, really? I was like, well, I tell you what, brother. I said they want something to talk about. I give them something to talk about. See, the thing is, in the world, sometimes you might be right, you might not be right. But if you're gonna be in the right, you can play with people a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If you know you're in the right, you can joke around with them a little bit. If you ain't in the right, you only be playing. You go end up in jail. <laughs> That's where you to end up. You end up ooh behind them bars. Now I ain't ever been in the bars. Like, behind the bars, but I had been, like, getting ready. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had been getting processed until things changed really quick, you know. But, so, I tell you, I, said, I told my brother, I said, i tell you what, people in this world think I'm killing over the limit, killing over the line, killing turkeys that I wasn't supposed to, kill them at night, which, I mean, I ain't, you can't hardly kill them at night. You don't know if you're shooting a beard, or a hen, or a long beard. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> oh, but, man, we just love telling stories. Just so in case there's any game warrants out there, I just want you to know the statute of limitations is up on all the stories I tell, and you know I pay my fines. <laughs> so I'm allowed to talk about it. <laughs> so don't be don't be having somebody call call in and be like, man, y'all need to listen to this dude. He talking about being being an outlaw. No, 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 no. If I might have been an outlaw, I paid my fines. I did my time. <laughs> I'm good. I'm allowed to talk about it. This is my show, not yours. <laughs> so, but anyway. which way, so I said, I told you what, brother. I said, they want to come after me? I'm going to give them something to come after me about. He said, yeah. I said, yeah. So opening day of turkey season, I went down there that morning. I didn't kill a turkey that morning, right? Mm-mm. I went I went to work, come back home. I come back to that old yellow top field. It was a early spring that year. Yellow tops was already up in them fields. See them yellow tops, them old flowers grow up, and bugs get on them. The turkeys go out there, and they the hens out there pecking on them, pecking on the flyer tops and the, the bugs and getting all them nutrients and stuff, getting ready for the laying of the eggs and all that, Old Turkey Tom, he'll be out there. He'll be all strutting up, blowed up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to get them ladies. Well, see, I just waited till right at dark as they started easing up into the woods. See, so I run down there to the other end of the field. And when I went down there, I could listen for them wing beats. See, a lot of people think you got to hear them turkeys. Think you got to hear them turkeys. God won't land for him to be down there. See, I didn't see them, so I know he's going to be there. I just need to listen to the wing beats. See, when the wing beats hit, come up here, you hear them. Like, oh, yeah, there they are. But you'd be like, did I hear the gobbler, though? He ain't gobbling on a limb. Is he over there? Is that all the hens over there? You know what I'm saying? Like, is he roosted with him or not roosted with him? Well, right at dark, he going to be the last one that thing will fly up. You know, he up on that limb. I said, oh, yeah. So I was standing there. You know, I'm just standing on the edge of the field right up on the wood line. And I was like, all right, there's a. There's a down power line, not a power line, a down, <laughs> down tree right here. And I used to do power line work. So there's a down uh, tree right here. I said, I can walk in here in the dark right here by this little down treetop and I can run up in there about, I don't know, 40, 60 yards or so and just sit down. I will be close enough to kill that bird when he flies down, right? Yeah. Well, I got up next morning and guess what? Had a storm come through. And when that storm comes through, I don't know if you know anything about hunting them bottoms like I do. See, the thing is, you can have about a half inch of rain come through in the night. And that bottom is going to be about an inch and a half to two inches of water standing in those bottoms. It ain't got nowhere to run off to. If it ain't got no flowing, flowing water, it ain't got nowhere to run off. So as I walked up there the next morning and I was standing there and I was looking at the edge of the field and I started walking, I was like, man, I can't tell which way to go because it's water standing in the bottom. So I just kept walking around and walking around and thinking I'm walking in a straight line. And I realized I wasn't. I walked up on this old slough and I couldn't go no further. And I was like, you know what? I have messed this up. I said, here I was wanting to have a story to tell and get the world stirred up. And I ain't got nothing. I done got to turn around. Now I really just ain't even worried about the story to tell. I want to just kill a turkey because I'm a turkey killer. That's what I am. That's what I do. I wait all year long for these like these 41 days to kill turkeys. As I'm sitting there and I'm looking up. Looking around, and I could see the, the moon was kind of shining, you know, and coming through the clouds. It was kind of blowing off. And about that time, I heard poop, and I looked up. And as I looked up, I could tell that that was a turkey, and he done pooped on me, see? <laughs> he was still asleep, had his head tucked under his wing. I done walked right up on this turkey. He was roosting right on the edge of the slough. And as I looked up, I was talking about that moon and this, everything, and I could see the light. I could see just a little bit of that old fan oh not fan the the beard blowing kind of a little bit i was like you know what i could just shoot him right off the limb right now (laughs) i could just knock him slap off the limb be done i don't know if it's illegal or just unethical but i said well you know what he ain't awake yet so i ease over here and find me a little old dry spot it wasn't much of a dry spot it was a mud spot and i found me about 40 yards away and i slipped down and i got down next to that old tree and as i was there and i was Waiting on him to wake up, it started getting a little bit more daylight, and about that time, you could hear, and I was thinking, man, just like a woman, already yipping, ain't even out of bed awake yet, you know? <laughs> it's was like, man, I, man, and by that time, that old turkey took his head out of his wing, and He's still squatted there looking around, and I couldn't tell, but I could just see that his probably one eyebrow just kind of squinted up high to the forehead, you know, thinking, "Jeez, another day I got to strut out here in front of all these ladies for nothing, possibly for nothing. And I'm sitting there looking at that bird, and I could see that beard, and finally he stood up, and he shook all that dew off his body, and I was think, still thinking, you know, I could just shoot him right here. He'd fall right there in that water. I could just get him and take off with him. And I sat there and about that time he just fired off. I was like, come on with it, son. Come on. About them time them hands got stirred up. And he turned around on that limb. He was fizzing pitch across that old shloo to him. And if he pitched across that shloo, I didn't have a chance. So I ain't had but one choice. And that's to hit him with that yaw baby. That song on hammered. He pitched around, spun around on one leg. He started rubbernecking, looking for a place to fall, and there wasn't but one place to fall, and that was right in front of me. And as soon as he landed one foot on the ground, boom! Shot him in the head and broke his feet. You hear me, son? I said, "Oh yeah." Come over there, and I got up and got my vest kind of all tied it up and walked over there, and he looked like a buzzer just laying in the water, splashing and carrying on. And I was as I was walking to him, I was thinking, "Yeah." All these people think I'm shooting over the limit, over the line, trespassing, not doing what I'm supposed to do. I said, I got something for him. As I reached down there and I grabbed him by the feet and threw him over the back of my shoulder, I took two steps, got back on my side of the fence. (laughs) And then I got on out of there. Come on. (laughs) Oh, but any which way. So what happened was I went back. And I shot a little old video. I put up some postage signs and shot some video and carried on just being silly. And the next thing I know, that silliness went viral on the Internet. People enjoyed the funny story I told and telling and carried on. And next thing you know, I become from hollering, yow, yow, to being yawk, yawk. And that's how the yacht yawk was born, how it began. That's it, just telling old stories. Well, with some of those stories, you know, comes fame and comes, you know, being noticed a lot more. I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be rich and famous, but here I am, still broke and known. <laughs> I ain't, no, uh, ain't got no mansion. Maybe one day with my faith and my faithfulness and my thankfulness, I'll have a mansion in the sky. But right now, I just got a trailer hood that I'm blessed to have with a beautiful wife and two kids. Come on. Well, a couple days went by, and I had it as I was going viral on the Internet. A couple days later, there was tur- there was another turkey in the field in another place, and I went down there, and I shot that turkey too. And I picked him up, and I remember it being on a Wednesday night. There was a church right across the road, and as, as that church was across the road, it was having service. It was so late in the evening. See, the, the, the hens had already left the long beard, and I just got in behind him. I didn't let him go in there and roosh with him this time. I walked in there, and sh- when I put the bead up on him, I don't even know if I could see the bead. I just shot up amongst them and killed that long beard. You know what I'm saying? One of them shots, some skillet shots. I mean, I ain't shooting no hands, but, you know. Whew, that was before TSS, I think, so (laughs) So, we had to shoot that old light, low lead. But anyway, I I remember it being Wednesday night, and as I was walking out the field, of course, I shot a video, and I was talking about it, and I said, unlike this turkey, I better get to church so I can be saved, okay? So now we're talking about, and I think in that other video, I had said something about God bless, or Jesus loves you. Now we're talking about the church and being saved, right? (laughs) So a couple days later, this same week, see, in the state of Mississippi, you can't kill but three birds. Legally. So, a couple of days later, guess what? That old bird down there, we called him Leroy. See, Leroy wouldn't strut and blow up like them, them regular ones. he just stand up tall. Stand up tall like, you, you know, like when you were a kid in a trailer and, and your mama would mark how tall you are every month. Leroy would stand up tall and he would just poke his chest out and just walk through the grass. Imagine with me. Got your head up high, shoulders back, chest out, just walking. See, he wasn't strutting like a normal. Feet be crossing when he walk, you know what I'm saying? That was, I went out there and I shot Leroy. And that, so now I got a complication, I don't know what the word, complication, complimentation. Do I post the last bird I kill legally or do I do like every other turkey hunter in the state of Mississippi that, don't, that didn't do right and post your third bird on May 1st, the last day of the season? <laughs> oh, But since I was going viral on everything, I said, well, you know what? I'm gonna take a chance and go on and post that bird. Well, I posted that bird it was my biggest viral video. And 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 and, and I said something there about God bless or, or whatnot. Man, and it just went crazy there. For that, for that 41 days it was going crazy. Of course I was hunting out of state and whatnot and killing birds there, and I was posting other stuff, but I got a call. Let me see how this happened. When I talked about faith, you know, because uh, you know, I mean I got a lot of it now. Back then I didn't have a lot of, it, but uh, you know, we try to find things in life that keeps us busy, keeps our minds busy and whatnot. Well, I got a call from Arkansas. Listen to me now. I got a call from Arkansas, and this church wanted me to come speak at a Wild Game dinner. They said, "Where I come from, we didn't know nothing about. We all we knew was the NWTF dinners and the Ducks Unlimited. That's all we knew of. And it wasn't but a place, a good place to go uh, to drink. Basically, that's all it really was. Spend a bunch of money, which I mean, I ain't drink so, but uh, and I ain't had no money. So really, it was nothing for me. To, <laughs> it was nothing for me to do. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember getting this call from this preacher, and he was like, hey, man, you want to be our speaker for the wild game dinner at church in Arkansas? I said, yeah, man, i come over and speak. And uh, and they was going to pay me. And this first time, was like, man, all them years somebody trying to tell me, running my mouth ain't ever going to get me nowhere. And here, these folks going to pay me like $100 right over there <laughs> and talk about turkey hunting. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Let me tell you, the next day, another one called. Another church from Arkansas called. They said, hey, man, you want to come speak to our guests? I'm, try- I'm like, yeah, I'll call And then the next day they called about another one. They was all like 40 miles apart. I don't know why they didn't just get together and have one big episode, you know? (laughs) It's like, well, it worked out for me. But I remember getting there and you got to remember in my videos, you know, I'd always say, God bless, Jesus loves you, you know, say something about the Bible, something, you know, just something. I ain't no preacher. I just know that I need God. I know Jesus wants me to seek after him as well as as the things I seek of on earth. But I was excited, man. I remember showing up to that wild game dinner like three hours early they ain't even had a meat ready. i think somebody just putting the meat on some of them things i pull up they all up in the kitchen and everything i was like hey, hey y'all doing i'm david ellis i'm y'all y'all i'm supposed to be speaking tonight or something he's like yeah man you wait early he said but i tell you what he said the preacher's quarters is upstairs above the gym he said go up there and the preacher will be here in a little while i said okay so i go up i'm gonna just snooping around you know i'm checking things out i ain't trying to you know i'm just i'm just looking it's, it's the best preacher's office i've ever seen and the preacher come up there, and he, he comes up there, and he said, hey, I'm such pastor, such such. He said, and, you know, I told him I'm David and everything. And he shook my hand. He said, well, hey, man, how, how long you been preaching? Preaching? I looked around. I kind of looked away from him. You know, I was looking around another fellow. I, I knew he had the wrong fellow. I said, because I, I, I don't preach. I mean, we can go down there and talk about turkey hunting. We can talk about everything you want to talk about, shooting deer, whatever. I said, well, I ain't no preacher. He said, well, uh, I said, I thought we were just here to just, you know, talk a little comical. He said, well... He said, here's the thing, son. He said, we got 300 guys showing up that are lost. They got some kind of problem. They got alcohol problem. They got drug problems. Their wives died. Kids died. They lost their wife in divorce. They lost their kids in a, in a custody battle. He said, they got a lot going on, and this is what this is about. I said, well, I ain't know all that. I said, I ain't gonna lie, I probably would've turned you down. And he said, well, they looking for somebody to relate to them. I said, well, look, i tell you what. I'm here three hours early. <laughs> tell you what I do. I said, you just let me keep $50. And I go back home and you got three hours to find you a new speaker. You can speak to him, pastor. And he looked at me, and said, oh no. He said, we didn't get together. This didn't all work out for you to walk away. So shoot, I did. I said, all right, well, all right, I'll try. And I looked over that balcony but the gym, all them tables and I seen the little stage you had me gonna have me on. He said, well, i tell you what. He said, my Bible's right over there. He said, you go over there and pray, study, do whatever you think you need to do. He said, you got three hours. So shoot. I went over there. There was a couch over there. The light switch was right there. Sat down on that couch. Kicked my. I had boots on. I kicked my boots off, cut that light off, and I slept for two hours. It's like I went into a coma. And when I woke up, I grabbed a Bible. I read a little bit, and it's like it hit me. It was hit hard. It was just like, you know what, David? You've been the face of the internet for the last month and a half, two months, but you've been hiding something. You've been hiding the pain, you, your own pain you've been feeling. See, a lot of people didn't know I was a single father, and it was hard. It was hard on a guy like me. My kid was like nine, ten years old, but I was still a single father at that time. And it was just rough and I had a good job, but, but it just seemed like the bills kept coming. It just seemed like things kept coming over what I was making and I made good money then. You know, I was a lineman for the city of West Point, but it's just like I couldn't make things happen. I felt like I was failing. And as I, I don't remember what I spoke on that night. I just remember relating to those men that were struggling just as bad as I was. And then when I went in, And I spoke, and it just drew them in. And I realized as I was watching, as I was telling stories, that the eyes were on me. I could feel the pain. I could feel what they were going through. But I could also see that they were seeing what I was going through. I was showing them the faith that I had, the thankfulness I had. Even though as bad as it was, I was still faithful. I was still thankful. I was still doing what I needed to do to try to please God. And then I was turning down the temptations of being an outlaw all at the same time. It's easy to get caught up in the worldly things. And sometimes we whether you call it a test from God or a temptation from the devil, man, are you going to pass the test? Do you say you passed the test sometimes or did it just not work out to where you would really test it? You need to think about that. Sometimes we don't pass up on the opportunities. You would just turn down on something or it didn't work out to where you could really reach out and grab what you didn't need to be doing. And it opened up a whole new world for me. So when I started doing that, and like I said, I don't call myself no preacher, but I can tell you where I come from and all that and what I've done and where I believe. I've been on my knees. I've cried. I've been thankful. I thank the Lord day If I got a gallon of milk in the refrigerator, thank you, Lord, because I love milk. But when I left there, and then it started again. I started speaking everywhere, man. and just started going and starting uplifting people, and it was so awesome. It was so awesome. But I'm going to tell you where I come from. My daddy worked hard now. Let me tell you something. My daddy worked all the time. He still, he's 62, 63 years old right now, working his tailbone off. You hear me? Works over at Taylor uh, Machine over in Louisville, Mississippi. He loves that job. I've never seen that man talk about a job so much. He's 62 years old. And he'd be putting in about 60 hours a week. And that man loved that job. He loved it. My brother Cooper, he worked over there too. Love them people. They good people. So I, I'm thankful for that. I thank God he gave gave my daddy that job. And what I do now, I'm thankful, man. I get to be I get to be as hard as I want to, as lazy as I want to. And Lord still make it work out. But I'd be i be working, I'd be hustling. But he used to work all the time, man. And see, the only time daddy got rest is when he cut the yard. I know you be thinking like, he cut the yard. I'm like, yes, us Ellis men, we like to cut our own yard. Now, we we'll let the kids weed eat now. <laughs> if they can weed eat, we'll let them do that. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem at all. Oh, but I remember my brother Cooper, man, he used to be an Indiana Jones fan. Y'all remember Indiana Jones? Dude, that, he'd be going through all them booby traps and be trying to get the jewels and the, and the crowns and all that. And Anyway, my brother used to love to set booby traps. And they, they didn't ever work. They never worked. He could set a booby trap and rather you would see it coming. Or it just wouldn't even work. You just go through the booby trap knowing it wasn't going to work. Me and Cooper was outside one day. And Cooper's about eight years younger than me. So I'm, you got to understand. So if he was eight, I was 16. So he probably would have been six, you know, and I'd have been 14. And we was down there at the the woodpile shed, uh, at the woodpile between the trees down there. stacking wood or whatnot and Cooper wanted to set a booby trap in between. So so you had them rows, you have rows in between the trees of stacked firewood, and you just have a break, you know, a little gap in there so you can get to the backside to weedy, cut grass or whatever. Or if, if you like me, you don't stack wood very good, it'll fall over and you had to get back there to pick it back up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So anyway, we was uh down there and Cooper was trying to show me how to do a booby trap and I was trying to help him and all this and it wouldn't go. It was hot and Daddy's out there on the lawnmower. <laughs> you know, he just <laughs> he just doing it, you know. Anyway, I got tired of helping Cooper. Things wasn't working out. You know, frustrated. I said, well, shoot, I'm going to go get on the trampoline. You know, i just jump around, get some of my ADD out of me, you know. We're sitting up there, and I'm jumping on the trampoline. And I'm watching Cooper, and he done left or whatever. Done done. I mean, I was watching Cooper, and then I got doing flips and whatnot. Next thing I know, Cooper's gone. Daddy's still out there cutting grass. Well, by that time, i was jumping, carrying on. I seen Daddy headed to the woodpile. And normally, we weed-eat behind that woodpile, basically. That's our job. Well, I guess Daddy called himself going to go back there and just knock it down real good. Knock all the, blow all the leaves out there, you know? Was well, as I seen Daddy getting ready to go in between that wood pile, and by the time he got in between the wood pile, I heard it. Ka-ding! And up out of the trees come a rope and had four bricks tied to it. And as it swung down <laughs> like Tarzan in the jungle, whoo, bam! It hit Daddy in the head so hard, knocked him slap off the lawnmower. And I was sitting there thinking, and I was wondering if Daddy was going to get up. And as I watched him as he stood, he got ready to jump up and he stood up and he turned around and I knew one thing. If you ever caused, if there ever was a problem with daddy, don't be the first one to make eye contact. I turned around on that jump on that trampoline and started jumping the other way. And next thing I know, Cooper was screaming and hollering, headed to the house. <laughs> oh man, we was not allowed to watch Indiana Jones that day never again. No, sir, no sir. <laughs> oh, man oh, uh, ain't no more booby traps around now. Mm-mm. Oh, babe. But my grandma, I'm going to tell you something. My grandma, you know, he raised, he, so my daddy raised us, you know, and, and uh, you know, best he could to be men. And my grandmama and my granddaddy, you know, raised my daddy to be the best man he could be. But my grandma was tough now. She's sweet now, and I'm going to tell you something. Now she'll be, you know, she's 94. No, 95 96 now. She lived down at Dugan Nursing Home in West Point, Mississippi. Any of y'all listening, y'all want to send a, uh, Car down at a Dugan home in West Point, Mississippi. Send her a card. Tell her the world thinking of her. But she was tough, too. She'll be right there with Jesus when her time comes. I'm telling you, she'll be right there with Jesus. But there was a time she was tough. Let me tell you about this lady. She took, she stopped, not took, she stopped a burglary in progress from the wheelchair at the front door. See, my grandma, she rolled around in a a wheelchair. Wasn't nothing really wrong with it. She just had them thick knees. You know what I'm talking about? Them kind of just make it hard to stand up. So she got used to that wheelchair, man. I'm telling you. She could wheel around in that house and spin around, do donuts and everything else, but she'll be over your toes in a second if you ain't watching. She saw some kids robbing a uh, home across the road. I say home. They wasn't in the home, but they were stealing stuff on the carport, some bikes and stuff. And she just opened up the screen door. She hollered at them. You better put that back up right now. And she hollered at them so much that they literally went and put the stuff back up under the carport better than it was to begin with. She was tough. A couple months later, they was having some break-ins in the homes. And people were coming in and robbing the houses, inside the houses, stealing everything they could, tearing up stuff. My, my grandma didn't live in a bad neighborhood. It was just some bad things going on in the neighborhood at the time. That's where she grew up. I think there was like the third house in that neighborhood when they built that house. Like, And it's like 100 houses in it now. It used to be pasture over. My dad used to play baseball. And if you hit it over the street, it was a home run. But one day she was sitting at the kitchen sink. When I say she was sitting, she she had a wheelchair. She rolled up there and she kind of stood up and she's washing the dishes. She don't have no dishwasher. You know, she'd just be hand washing. Of course, she only go through, a, you know, a glass and a and a and a uh, plate once a day. And all of a sudden, one of those robbers we found out it ended up being stood up in the kitchen window was looking in the window. She saw and she, and she scared him off, but she called my daddy and she said, daddy, or she said, son, she said, I just saw the robbers breaking in the home. She said, but I scared him off. He said, would you call 911? She said, no, nah, I called you. Let them know I run them off. He said, Mama, you got to call 911 so they can catch him. She's like, I scared him off. It ain't no big deal. She's like, I just let you know, I ain't scared in this house. They're not going to come in my house and rob my stuff. You got to realize she ain't have nothing, no way. You know, she just had what she needed. But you don't want, you know, you don't want your grandmama to get hurt. Somebody break in and realize they ain't got nothing. They'll beat you up, kill you over not having nothing opposed to having something. You know what I'm saying? It's a crazy world. So the next day, Daddy would tell me all about that. The next day, he said, Hey, Mama said that her uh, receptacle wasn't working over at the house. That's okay. I used to do a little electrical work, you know. He said, Go over and check it out. He said, The lamp wasn't working in the bedroom, is basically what she said. So I go over there and I tell him, I was like, Oh, I said, Well, I'll check it out. Well, the receptacle's not behind the dresser. You can kind of see it. So I'm sitting there, I look at it, I bend over, start looking at it. You know, on a receptacle, it's got two slots and it's got a hole for the ground. Well, this not had two slots and two holes. So I called daddy, I said, It looked like something done blowed out of this thing or blowed in at one. He said, What it look like? I said, Well, it got two slots and two holes. I said, The other hole looked like a 38 done run through it. And there was a pause. He said, Open that drawer right there beside the bed. So I opened up the drawer. He said, that gun in there? I said, yeah. He said, check it. So I opened up the little cylinder, spun it open and whatnot, and one of them shells was spent. One of them done went off. See, Grandma didn't tell us that the reason she run them off. See, what happened when she got, when she seen that face in the window, she dropped down in that wheelchair, scooted to that room. She pulled that pistol out. And when she went to take them hands and spin them wheels one more time, bam, she done run a 30 up, thirty eight shell right up in the house. Yeah, she run them off. That man says, shoot her. She'll shoot her own home. I know she'll shoot me. So he got the heck out of there. (laughs) Oh, grandma was tough. He said, take that gun from her. Take it from her. She shot her own house. I'm not going to take nothing from her. (laughs) That's the reason we ain't got a good receptacle now. (laughs) Somebody trying to take something from her. (laughs) I said, you come get it. Oh, (laughs) boy. Grandma, tough. You hear me? Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, boy! I really appreciate y'all listening, tuning in a little bit. Let me give me a little drink. Oh, a little while. I got my phones ringing over here and carrying on, calling every which way. Oh, I called my wife, texted my wife. On, I told her, I said, on your way home, I said, ease up into the house. I'm trying to do this podcast thing. I said, you just don't need a bunch of noise if you don't, if you don't mind. And she said, okay, babe. <laughs> She's so sweet. She's so sweet. I mean, I'm going to have her on the next show. i try to have her on the next show. Oh, man. But I tell you, buddy, Oh, like I said, I didn't have much growing up, but we had a good time, man. I used to be a, uh oh, my boy play. You know, he plays baseball. If y'all keep up on Facebook with my boy, man, that boy be playing some baseball. I was a soccer player. I was number one in the state soccer goalie. Did y'all know that? My senior year, I was number one in the state, 1998. I mean, statistics may show that somebody else is number one, but I had the most blocked shots in the state of Mississippi. And never won a game. <laughs> that time I ain't never won a game. We'd always lose one to nothing. Our offense was terrible. But see, I was so bad. The reason I was such a good goalie is because I was so bad in dodgeball. I could never get out of the way of the ball, so they said, you know what? You might be a good goalie. We're going to put you over here. They took me from the PE class, run me out there, and had the soccer kids, had the varsity soccer kids kick balls at me. They said, yeah, you can't even get out of the way, so you might as well just start using your body to block them. I had some scholarships. Then that, then that college closed down that year, the same year I got the scholarship. <laughs> I said, man, oh, I'm so terrible that I closed the school down. I <laughs> couldn't get an education. Oh, man. so, Oh, man. Brother, that, brother. I'm going tell you, man. We've had some, some times growing up, and I love it. And I wouldn't trade nothing for everything that I've ever done, man. I can tell you, my, oh, my life has been great, man. <laughs> oh, but I'm a trapper. I got my start in trapping. You know I'm a pig trapper now, and y'all may have seen I catch thousands of pigs a year. But I used to be a just a just a regular trapper. I'd catch coons and possums and skunks, and I still do a lot of that, you know. But I'm gonna tell you how I become a how I become a trapper. See, I moved out when I was 16 years old. Not because I was a bad kid. I didn't think I was a bad kid. Maybe I was a bad kid. Maybe I should ask my dad. Was I really bad? Or are you just trying to toughen me up? But my dad said, you know what? You want to move out, son? He said, I tell you what, I'll make a road with you. You stay in school and you stay out of trouble. If you can make it on your own, you're good to go. So I called my cousin, and my cousin had a buddy who lived on his own in his own trailer. Had enough rooms, I moved out. Had me a little Toyota Corolla car, and we was gone. Just had to go to school every day, stay out of trouble. I had a little job working at a tobacco shed, selling cigarettes and beer. I wasn't old enough to sell the beer part. I think I was old enough to sell the cigarettes and the candy and stuff, but I rarely just stocked the shelves and stocked the beer and whatnot, you know. Well... We had to make the money. Well, that fall, it was just started that fall. So we sitting around there. And he's like, how can we make some money? And my buddy said, he said, well, we could sell these old coon hides. He said, we go out there shoot and shoot them coons. He said, we bring them down the Duke's, Duke's uh, Trapping down there in West Point, Mississippi. They pay like $8 a coon hide. He said, well, I got some guys that love the meat. He said, we'll sell coon meat about 5 $8 a piece. He said, we looking at somewhere at $15, $16 a coon per coon. I said, come on, let's do it. So my buddy had a little old boat, and we was riding around in the in the creeks. And what we do, ride at night, get on the old big. it's called Tibby Creek, and we'd ride down there. We had a twenty-two. It was my twenty-two with a scope on it. And then they'd had a big old spotlight, and the other one had a boat. So we all had something invested. And so we're going down through there. We're shining the light from side to side, side to side, side to side. Every now and again, they shine it right up in the middle, and everybody look up like a big dummy. Ain't nothing in the middle <laughs> but the sky. <laughs> so we headed on down to the creeks, and you'd see them old coons laid up on them old limbs with them eyes be shining, and you, and you slow that old motor down and slide right up on him. He'd be right up over the creek, and you just shine that light up there and look up there through that scope, and ta, boom, he'd fall right in the boat. Take off to the next one. We'd be heading on down the creek, pull up under a cone, ta, fall in the boat. By this time we seen this big old coon laid up. There. I said, "Man, let me shoot this coon. It's gonna be my first one to shoot." But I said, "Let me shoot this one." He said, "All right." So I swapped the light and the gun. Everybody, we pulled right up on him. Ta, ta. He's got a scope on it. I can see him good. Ta. He's looking right down at me on that old lamp. Ta. And by this time the old boat's spinning in circles, you know. Ta. And they was going shoot the coon. I said, "I'm trying to shoot the coon." I said, "The coon ain't falling. I know I'm hitting him." Ta. And about that time, I could tell through that old scope and that old light that was just beaming on that limb that the limb was giving way. And as that old limb come down, I could see it in the scope, and the top of that limb starts facing me. Here come that old coon as he jumped off that limb. And if I could see this old coon coming down through the scope, he looked just as bad on the the rear end as he did on the mouth end. You hear me? He was tough. Bam! Falls right in the boat. And man, let me tell you, all that coon was... Wanted to do was get out of the boat, but we was too dumb to let it. <laughs> it was that coon whooped three grown men and a dog, and, but man, the next thing I know, I remember I still had the gun. <laughs> I'm in the front of the boat. Next thing I know is ta ta ta. Well, we got the coon, but now we're doing 45 miles an hour down the creek, trying to keep the water from coming in the front of this boat. <laughs> The holes wasn't big, but there were many. <laughs> so as we're coming back, and we almost made it back to the old, I told you we was on Tibby Creek, and they had this old bridge called Tibby Bridge. And right before we got up to Tibby Bridge, we'd have to shoot off in a little old slough, and that's where we'd park the boat and then walk to the house. Well, as we're coming up on that old Tibby Bridge, next thing I know is we're shining our light back. I'm shining the light back and forth on the edges make sure we don't hit no nothing that logs in the creek. All of a sudden, I saw the green lights, the blue lights, even the red lights. They brought the ambulance. They knew somebody was finna going to get hurt. Well, evidently it's illegal to do what we, the way we were doing it. But all I could think of was they had a spotlight shine right on us, hollering, pull over, pull the boat over. And all I could think of was, I can't see who you are, so they must not can tell who I am. So I hit them with that light. <laughs> and as we went flying up underneath that bridge, and then I stunned it, turned that light around, and we was off. Well, as my dad was up there to pick me up at the sheriff's department. <laughs> that's the night I went home. Oh, evidently, you can't coon hunt out of a boat. Oh, but my dad, oh, he didn't tear me up too bad, but it wasn't too good either. So (laughs) that's when I learned that I'm going to think I'm just going to be a trapper for the rest of my life. Oh, man. So anyway, that's how I become a coon trapper. And then it just all went from there, there, and there. Oh baby, but I tell you, buddy, it's it's been a rile a ride of things that I've learned in life, and I don't want to waste it on all of it here. But I want to tell you one more story before I go. Because I'm gonna tell you something. When I get my friends in on here and we start telling stuff, baby, it's gonna get a lot better and a lot and everybody's just gonna love it. Hopefully gonna love it. And uh, hopefully the Lord's gonna bless this channel and everything else. But I'm gonna tell you, this is a little old story I call the day I met, the day I thought I met Jesus, the devil. And Eddie Salter. Do y'all know who Eddie Salter is? I know y'all know who Jesus and the devil is. But do y'all know who Eddie Salter is? See, Eddie Salter was, he would to me, when I was younger, he was the Mecca of turkey hunters. He was the guy that you had to go watch on the ESPN Outdoors or the Outdoor Channel or, or whatever channel the Outdoors was actually on. It didn't even have, I don't think they had an Outdoor Channel then. You just had to watch it on ESPN in the mornings on Saturday or Sunday or something like that. It was something something different than what we got now. But he was a turkey hunter. He was the ter- he is the turkey man. That's him. Eddie Salter, the turkey man. And every time he was on TV, every time he killed a turkey, he'd walk over to that turkey and he'd go, Ow I say, yeah. And then he'd pick that turkey up or he'd fan him out and show and talk about the story of how he killed him and whatnot, and like we didn't just see it. <laughs> and I was like, now Eddie Salter's probably twenty years older than me, twenty five. And I was like, Man, I just wanna hunt with Eddie Salter. I wanna meet him. I'll do anything to meet Eddie Salter. Well, Years went on, and of course, it was just dreams, you know. I thought I'd never get to meet him or whatnot. And one day I got a call. I'd been trying to kill turkeys in Missouri for years, and I'd never been able to kill one. See, Missouri was just a tough state for me. I tried on public land, it's hills and hollows everywhere. I just wasn't used to it. I'm more of a flat land bottom guy, you know, row crop fields. Well, I got a call one day from a guy. who said he had 4,000 acres. This is pre yacht yacht. So I didn't, you got to realize from the trailer hood, I'm just, I'm trying to just, do whatever I can to get a place. And this guy said, I got 4,000 acres, one block of land. You can't run onto or off this place. I said, <laughs> So you don't know who I am. I can run onto or off of any place. Ugh. He said, well, I got turkeys, and you come kill them. Do what you want to. We got this little hotel. And I, but I called my buddy. I said, well, can I bring a friend? I said, because this is before you had GPS. You had to use the road map. I said, can I bring a buddy? He's good at a map. He's like, well, yeah, I'll let you bring a friend. You know, I said, okay. So we get this little place, go up, and my friend's name is Poe Daddy. No, he ain't poor. He's just cheap as all get out. We'd get one hotel room with one bed just to save $10. You know what I'm saying? I ain't have nothing, you know? <laughs> I wasn't contributing to nothing. Oh, I mean, we used my truck, but that's about it. But so we go up to this place in the first day, opening day, before opening day, man, it was two, three long bears standing at the gate of the place that the the guy was showing us. I said, man, we can shoot them birds right now and get back in the truck and go home. He's like, no, man, we wait till tomorrow. Oh, man. I just, sometimes looking back, I'd be like, man, I sure want to shot them birds. (laughs) Oh, But we did right. We are doing right, you know. So after about three days, dude, of three days of chasing these same three turkeys on this 4,000 acres, up and down the hollis, up and down the hollis, up and down the hollis. And realized that they was running with the hollis. <laughs> we going the wrong way every time. But I told Po Dad, I said, you know what? On the third day, I said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I said, today I'm taking the boots off. I'm putting the tennis shoes on. I said, when them birds fly down, I said, I'm going to run up on them so fast. I said, I'm going to run by them and snatch their beards off. I said, we'll come back in two years and kill them, hunt them again. He said, boy, you serious today? I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like Usain Bolt. I'm going to get in the stance, and when they go to goblin and get the flying out, I said, I'm going to run by em. They better be ready. I'm not playing today. <laughs> right at daylight. They started off. I said, come on with it. Got my stance. As soon as they hit that old ridge, I seen them come out there. They hit the ground on one side of the ridge. I hit the ground on the other side of the ridge, and there we was, neck and neck. They was just a running, them old ridge runners. And I knew when we was going to get to the end of this ridge, it, it, I knew exactly where it was going to end. And when it did, I was going to just pop up over the ridge, and I was just going to go to blasting, body shotting, breaking feet, breaking necks. Everybody's got a turkey today. They're going to be like an Oprah Winfrey turkey show. Everybody get a turkey. <laughs> and when we got down there to the end of the ridge, where they, well, they've stopped every day the day before, but we kept screwing it up, got down there, and they pitched out and flew the ridge. I said, you got to be kidding me. 'Cause I knew that ridge was tough. We went up the day before we had to stop five times to get to the top, you hear me? So I threw that old shotgun over my over my neck. I started grabbing grabbing every sapling I could, helping pulling myself up, and I didn't stop till I got to the top and them turkeys were still gobbling, you hear me? Ow, ow. I could see them out there strutting, but I was trying to stay out of view and stay low on the other side. Finally I'd had enough. They went behind behind a big old behind a big old piled up brush pile. Pine top. And I run over, and I slid up under that old pine top. And as I raised up with the gun, boom, everything got dark, folks. Real dark. I could feel pain in my face. I could feel the, the burning of the sweat coming down my face. And then I realized it was a little bit thicker because when it got to my lip, I could taste it. It was blood. And the reason I know what that tastes like because I have a lot of nosebleed. And as I laid there on the ground, I was thinking... I didn't pull the trigger did my gun blow up I don't think I what happened and by that time I could hear footsteps coming and I was like Lord I hear somebody but I don't see no light am I dead because you said it'd be a light if you come and it's still dark and I said oh Lord it's the devil the devil come to get me Lord I said Lord if you get me out of this bind right now, I said, I won't ever kill another turkey on poster land as long as I live. And as I could hear them old footsteps in, the, in that dark just keep coming, because I knew the, the Lord knew I was lying. <laughs> oh, and about that time, the footsteps got up there and stopped in front of me, and I heard, ow. And I stopped for a minute, and I was thinking, and that little hoot I was in my head, and I knew where it was probably coming from. And I reached up, and I grabbed my turkey mask, and I started pulling down the pine straw that was busted out of that pine top. And I looked over my mask, and I said, that's Eddie Salter. I done been shot by Eddie Salta. Eddie Salter. <laughs> Oh, I like that song, Meatloaf. I will do anything to meet Eddie Salter, but I won't do that. <laughs> and as I looked over, and that guy reached down there and he grabbed two turkeys. I don't even know if you could kill two turkeys in the state of Missouri at the same time, but he grabbed both of them by the neck. And as he walked over with his gun on his shoulder and his two turkeys in tow, I sat there and I thought, I done got shot by Eddie Salter. But it wasn't Eddie Salter. So I picked myself up. And- Gathered myself and I took my shirt and I wiped my face and the blood and the sweat. I could feel the sting from those leftover pellets that come through the turkeys. They come whatever made it past the turkeys and then whatever made it past the pine top. I took myself and it's just like I was already so weak, but then you're so weak and then you get shot. You think the adrenaline gets you, but this day it didn't. So as I limped myself back down there to the to my buddy Poe Daddy and I was walking, I could see him. as I started getting closer and closer and I could pick him out because he's still wearing camouflage, and I get up there and I walk about 20 feet from him or so, and he yells out, well, did you get him? <laughs> I said, get him? I got shot, that's what I got. He says, shot? You ain't say nothing to him? Say something to him? You didn't see the signs, Po daddy? He said, no. I said, well, they said $1,000 trespassing fine. He said, well, yeah? I said, well, let me tell you something, son. I wasn't finna get shot. And pay $1,000. dollars <laughs> we going back home to the flatland, son. <laughs> oh, but any which way, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of Y'all Talk, Y'all Y'all Show. I thank you so much for being here, and we got more coming with more people. If you followed me along enough, you know how we ended. Y'all have a good one. God bless. And as always, Jesus loves you. Ha <laughs> ha